Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, usually when we begin the show, we we like to have some sort of bit or some sort of reference, some sort of tangential thing, but this story is so strange that I feel like we, I don't know how we open. I'm just laughing to myself, man. Are you at a loss for bits? I'm usually, I've got a couple of back pocket bits. You chomping at the bit? <laughs> right, uh, but I'm, I'm not bitter about this. Hey. Hey, you're Noel. I am Noel, and you, sir, are Ben the Bitmeister Bowling. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Noel. And we are joined with our super producer, Casey Pegram. Uh, I think none of us are Catholic, right? I went to a Catholic mass like a couple times when I was a kid, and I mm-hmm. thought it was very uh, interesting. There yeah. was like a like a dude with a robe waving around this mm-hmm. like thing with smoke coming a out thurible. of it on a chain. A, a what? A thurible. Really? Yeah, I think that's the word. I uh, yeah, the the incense oh, that's right. holder. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that. The first time I ever saw a Catholic mass, I was living in Guatemala, and my Spanish wasn't very good, let alone my Latin. So I was completely out of my element, and I thought it was fascinating. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So you're probably wondering why we're mentioning uh, Catholicism here, ridiculous historians. It's because. Our show today takes us to a very, very strange episode in Catholic history. And for a long time on uh, another show we do, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, we had a running character that uh, you used to do, Noel, which was the Pope. El Papa? Yes, yes, that's it. Welcome yeah, back. Yeah, but then I, I, I kind of uh, came to my attention, maybe just through my own paranoia, that Maybe it's not okay to 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 do a voice for the Pope that sounds like a weird strangulated Muppet. <laughs> well, maybe I mean maybe it had its time. Yeah, but uh, I I thought that was some good work there. Who's that guy that does that podcast? You made it weird. Pete Holmes. That's Casey on Young the case. case. 
Yeah, Pete Holmes. He I saw him do stand up in um, uh, L.A. at, at Upright Citizens Brigade one time, and he had a really good bit about how, as a culture, we have this bizarre blind spot in our like idea of racism, and it's for Italians because it's like somehow okay to go like, "Hey, it's a me, a Mario, or like a pizza pie or whatever." Yeah, and that's okay. But any other, you know, doing an Asian voice or something or that's right out. Know, that is not cool. Yeah, and he made a. I don't know. I thought it was a really good point. That is a good point. I wonder if it holds the same in other countries uh, where English is the primary language? Like, do people in the UK, if you're listening in the UK, do you folks do the Italian voice? Is it just an American thing? Are we the jerks? I think we might be. We might be, but we're not going to be as big of jerks as the uh, popes of the past have been. Oh, man, the past popes, my friend. (laughs) So here's the thing. Uh, There was a time... When what we know as the Holy Roman Empire was 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 fresh and and and, and young and and a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. And this was in the eighth and ninth centuries. And a really great article from um, all that is interesting dot com mm-hmm. called "Better Know a Pope: Stephen the Sixth, the Grave Robber." outlines uh, quite beautifully the uh, life and times of this papal jerk. Yeah, yeah. This period of time. It's just so rife with corruption. That's that's the best way to say it. And there's a term that you and I learned uh, that later historians would use to um, to describe this period between like eighth and ninth century A.D. Holy Roman Empire, right? Yeah, it was the pornocracy, right? Pornocracy. Yeah. yeah. So you know, Google that if you wish. But yeah, <laughs> we can't guarantee that it won't get you in trouble on your work computer. But we're not talking about Stephen the Sixth right away. Not just yet. No, we're talking about another pope named Formosus, which is a great pope name. I feel like it's a. It sounds like a Sith Lord's name in Star Wars. It'd be like Darth Formosus. So Formosus, name aside. He had quite a history with the Catholic Church. Eventually, he becomes pope. But before he becomes pope, we have to talk about what happened when he was a cardinal bishop, right? Because he had uh, sown the seeds of his later problems in his time as a cardinal bishop. Yeah, because he was also a very, very successful missionary. Mm -hmm. And those Bulgars that you mentioned earlier, he was converting them to Catholicism left and right. Mm -hmm. And he was actually accused by the sitting pope at the time, who was a guy named Pope John VIII, Mm -hmm. of uh, breaking a law of the Roman Catholic Church that prevented um, anyone from being a bishop in more than one place. And because of his missionary work, he, that had sort of could have been perceived as having happened. Um, yeah. And so he actually was excommunicated. Mm-hmm. He was. He was excommunicated by John VIII uh, because the rumor was that he was a bishop of Porto in 864, but then also a bishop in Bulgaria a little bit later on, right? Yeah, and the thing was, the reason that that law had been passed, and I think it was a pretty pretty new law, was because we talked about that, those fractured little fiefdoms throughout Europe. Um, those were a problem because there was division within the church, there was division culturally and ideologically, and the Roman Catholic Church did not want to um, feed into that anymore by having any one man in the church have too much power over too many areas because that could cause a problem. No one man should have all that power. Casey, can we cut to that clip real quick? No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I 
I think it's appropriate. We don't know whether Formosus would have dug that song, but maybe he would. We don't know much about the guy's musical taste. So he ultimately is, as you said, Noel, excommunicated because he had wronged John VIII. And on April 19th of 875, Pope John VIII called a synod, a synod, and requested that all these other papal officials return to Rome. Synod's just a fancy word for this meeting of the clergy. Yeah, it's like a like a brain trust, like some sort of like think tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and there can be different versions of it, but remember that word because it becomes very important later. So Formosus, still in France, says, ah, I'm not going to go to that. So since he doesn't comply, he's removed from the ranks of the clergy. He's excommunicated, and the reason given is that he is excommunicated because he deserted his diocese without the permission of the pope, and that double bishoping, or double-dipping bishop, I like that, mm-hmm. double-dipping bishop. Yeah. And yeah. he'd also uh, openly aspired mm-hmm. for the papacy, whatever that means, like he campaigned for it or what. I don't know. It seems like he was railroaded quite a bit by by dudes that did not like the fact that he um, was kind of better than them. I don't know, in terms <laughs> of just like his, his goodness, because I'm not reading a whole lot of corruption – actual corruption on his side on his side it seems like it's most of the other mm-hmm. the other folks just like a lot of politicking very much so it's sort of like that uh, that second star wars prequel <laughs> the second star double dip in bishop tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yes You heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. 
$45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So this is announced in 872 in July. Uh, It's formally announced that Formosus and several other people are excommunicated, but a few years later in 878, the sentence of excommunication was withdrawn after Formosus promised to never again return to Rome nor to exercise his priestly functions ever for the rest of his life. He agreed. But it didn't, uh, isn't this when John VIII got murdered? Yeah, John VIII assassinated, right? Well, but how did it, how did it happen? Was it one of those shady, like, may have been an accident, or was it pretty clearly a murder? Oh, no, no, I, I don't, I do not think he was, he was beloved by the people, because uh, he was first poisoned, and then uh, someone bashed his head in with a hammer because the poison was taking too long. Um, so <laughs> then, you know, then we end up in this kind of, like, really rough-and-tumble period where there's, like, several popes in between him and uh, ultimately when our guy Formosus becomes the pope. So immediately after this, we have um, a quick turnaround of popes. We've got Marinus the first, mm-hmm. and then it's quickly followed by um, a guy named St. Adrian the third, and he kind of thinks better of Formosus and uh, overturns all of those penalties that he had to uh, he had to suffer. Right. And so he's now allowed, not only is he allowed to come back to Rome mm-hmm. and keep practicing what he's doing, um, he actually becomes the pope, the next pope in 891. Yes, he is unanimously elected the pope on October 6th, 891. And this ushers in a weird period for the popes. Who votes for the pope, Ben? We do not, uh, unless we become cardinals in the church. So if Formosus was so unpopular to the point where he got excommunicated and banned for life, um, but then was unanimously elected pope, it really just goes to show there were some serious, like, factions. I mean, this whole idea of the the splintered um, loyalties is on full display here. And I guess after our our guy, uh, John VIII, got, you know, clubbed to death, Mm -hmm. um, the tide turned in his favor. Uh, and he served as Pope for, I think, a good five years. Mm-hmm. And in that five years, he, he accomplished some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I believe we mentioned earlier, he was Pope from October 6th, 891, until his death in 896. And he didn't get a particularly great situation. You know what I mean? When he became Pope, and obviously, as you can tell from the timeline, he did not serve as Pope for very long, but he did try his best to navigate the chaotic geopolitical issues of the day. The problem is he became engrossed in some real beefs with some powerful enemies. One of the most prominent is a guy named Guy III of Spoleto, the Holy Roman Emperor. And started as sort of a, just like a somewhat distant uh, struggle for control but then it was building quickly into open warfare. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, and this guy, uh, this guy, guy uh, of yeah. Sospaleto was on the other end of that open warfare. And Formosus actually ended up having to um, amass an army to go to war with him. And when he did this, uh, as he was doing this, rather, he he died. Um, he, he got paralyzed, was 
quote, struck by paralysis, according to this article, in all that is interesting.com. And he he passed away. And so Guy's problems were resolved. And the problems were, we talked about earlier how there was a lot of vying for um, mm-hmm. control and cash flow from these holy Roman brothels. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of at the center of this. See, there's the thing. I said that Formosus didn't really seem to have too much dirt on him, but it did seem like he was still kind of running the numbers and, and playing the game in terms of, like, where this money went. But I think he just didn't give the right bishops mm-hmm. uh, the cash, and he became sort of persona non grata for the ones that were amassed behind Guy. And so Formosus dies. The next pope is uh, is a guy named Pope Boniface the Sixth. And this pope is a native of Rome, and he is Pope uh, in April of 896. He was mainly elected because there were a ton of riots right after the death of Pope Formosus. And after a pontificate of 15 days, he either died of the gout or he was forcibly ejected to make way for a character named Stephen VI, who you mentioned at the beginning. Thanks for sticking around, folks. We got there. We did get there. A lot of ground to cover between there and here. But yeah, Stephen VI um, is sort of our papal looney tune in today's episode. Um, He had a lot of problems with uh, Formosas in the first place because he did not like the way he interpreted doctrine, that idea of the way the the Godhead and all of that, Ben. Can you give us a little more on that? Yeah, it's like we said earlier, there's a difference here in the nature of the Holy Spirit, how it relates to the Trinity, how it relates to the Godhead. And without getting too far in the weeds here, it sounds very technical, but it's an argument that they took very, very, very very seriously, gravely seriously, one might say. But the truth is that we don't know too much about Stephen's early life. Uh, We don't know what his name originally was. We don't know what year he was born. Uh, But we we do know a little bit about his life. It seems that he was the son of a priest. When he, you know, when he attained adulthood, he went into the church. But it was actually Formosus who made him a bishop and he was made a bishop under pressure from Guy Three of Spoleto. Ah, uh, yes. So here's how it goes. Um, Stephen VI becomes the pope, and for whatever reason, like, I don't even understand what the point of this is. I mean, I think that's the whole seed of ridiculousness in the story, mm-hmm. is um, he was so angry with uh, Formosus, who, who, as we've mentioned, has died at yes. this point, that he decided it would be a good idea to hold another one of those synods, right? Mm-hmm. Synod? Mm-hmm. How do you say it? Synod? Synod? Doesn't matter. Synod sounds very sci-fi, so I'm going to say it like that. There we go. Um, so he calls one of those sort of like a king's moot in uh, mm-hmm. in. RPG games, mm-hmm. and he um, has the corpse of said pope mm-hmm. dug up and uh, dressed up in the papal robes yeah. and sat in the papal throne and tried for all of those things that he got uh, reversed. Yeah. Remember uh, the the excommunication and the mm-hmm. whole like being a bishop in two places and all of that? Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen did not forget those things. No. And he's, here's the thing. You can look at it one of two ways, that he was legitimately, conscientiously outraged about these things and, and that he would not let those uh, heresies stand, or 
he was trying to get a little juice from all of those uh, political factions that were anti-Formosus. We know there were many. And there's a couple more reasons I want to point out before we get into the next bit of the story as to why that was. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If you're listening to this uh, by a computer or a desktop or you're on your phone somewhere safe, go ahead and pull up this fantastic painting 
by Jean-Paul Lawrence called Pope Formosus and Stephen VII. That's the same guy as Stephen VI. It's a whole different thing, but that's the original title of the painting. So, Noel, what are those other reasons? Well, in addition to the whole brothel debacle um, and, you know. Brothel debacle. Yeah, exactly. He also, he just got embroiled in a lot of geopolitical disputes Mm -hmm. that, you know, resulted in people gaining and losing a lot of money. Um, One was he actually intervened in uh, Constantinople, um, where uh, a patriarch named Photius I had been ousted, and um, also the son of Emperor Basil I, a guy named Stephen, uh, had taken his place. It's a different Stephen. He also refused to uh, reinstate people who had been ordained by the patriarch, by Photius I? That's right. Okay, Ben. So I sort of glossed over, we both a little bit glossed over his uh, kind of disagreements with Guy III of Spoleto, who was the Holy Roman Emperor. That's an interesting thing about the Holy Roman Empire, right? You have mm-hmm. a, you have this Holy Roman Emperor, and then you have the Pope. Yeah. And they're kind of like the Pope is sort of the, the, uh, the spiritual, spiritual wing, yeah. and then the Emperor is the political head of state or whatever. But he uh, did wanted to overthrow guy the third of Spoleto. So he actually supported factions that were going against him. And he actually convinced Arnulf of Carinthia to invade Rome and take control of Italy from Spoleto. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then Spoleto was kind of pals with our boy Stephen the sixth. (laughs) <laughs> so there we go. Is that does that does that sum it up in a nutshell? I think we're getting close. I think that's that's good. Just in terms of why someone would be so angry with this man yeah. after he was already dead that he decided to dig up his rotting bones from the ground, dress him up in this pageantry and shove him in a chair and try him for heresy. Let me yeah, let me paint some more of the picture here uh, about how this trial actually went. And I hope you guys can hear the air quotes when I say trial. So there's a great article on this, I believe it's from National Geographic, Vengeance at the Vatican, the Cadaver Synod. And this is seen as the lowest point in the continual chaos of ninth century Italy. So there's another player that enters the field here who maybe doesn't get as much mention as they should. Guy III, we, we mentioned he had sons, right? He had a son named Lambert. And Lambert ended up teaming up with uh, the Pope Stephen to create this PR farce because Lambert said when he was uh, talking to Stephen VI, he said, we have to condemn Formosus's actions and tarnish his reputation and it has to be in public so that his followers can see it and it has to feel official, so it has to happen under canon law and be held before the papal curia and Roman nobility. And we're going to have Formosus himself attend. So, Noel, as you said, they dressed him up, they exhumed him, they put him on trial, they even had someone who was supposed to speak for him. Yeah, like as a lawyer. Yeah, against those accusations. However, the poor sap didn't have much luck because Pope Stephen was just continually screaming at this corpse. It's a very undignified way for uh, a pope to act, at least I would think so in the modern day. No, it's it's super just macabre too. And of course, you know, like he had a chance, poor sap, he was found guilty and they um, punished him 
with something called damnatio memoriae, which means condemnation of memory in Latin. Uh, And it basically means that his tenure as pope was like men in black mind erased from history books. Only it doesn't seem to have taken because we're talking about it. Right. Erased from history. Thou shalt not speak his name. Uh, And there are there are all these different desecrations they did to his body, too. They tore his papal vestments off. They cut off the three fingers on his hand that he used to consecrate. Yeah, you know the ones. Yeah. And uh, they threw his body in a river. And later, I think a, a monk or a fisherman found it. I think the river thing even came a little later. They originally just, like, buried him in the ground somewhere, like like an unmarked grave. And then uh, Pope Jonathan VI thought better of it and was like, you know what? That's too good for that so-and-so. Let's dig him up and just toss him in the, in, the, in the drink. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because our sources show us that first, yeah, he was dressed in common peon clothes and then buried in an unmarked grave, a pauper's grave. And then the story is that they decided that wasn't good enough, right? So they dug him up again and threw him in the river. However, it seems like that part, the story about a monk or a fisherman pulling the Pope from the river might be a myth, but we do know the story of the body doesn't stop there. This is seen as an act of very bad taste to almost everybody involved. You know, it's kind of a wake-up call where they're thinking, we're getting ridiculous. I know we want to kill each other, but this is this is a little too far. It's a bit much. Mm-hmm. And so Stephen Six ends up imprisoned a few months afterwards, and he is strangled to death in jail. And two years after that, another pope reinstates Pope Formosus and bans any further trial for dead popes. So it came to pass that Pope Formosus is buried in 1897 with full Christian honors, which seems yeah. like a heck of a ride. Yeah, it's sort of not, I mean, I guess it's a pretty good consolation prize, but guy really went through the ringer. I just have this vision in my head that I can't, I, I can't erase the memory, oddly enough, uh, or this, this fanciful notion of people having to sit and watch this because they had, they had to sit and observe. It's well, a yeah. trial. And do you think they were into it? Or do you think they were like, I don't know about this? I don't know. I mean, surely it's like a warning to some of Formosus's followers. Yeah, I guess so. Because, again, like he, he definitely had some. And, you know, there's nothing that I was able to find about them, like, doing some sort of mass execution of anyone that was mm-hmm. in his camp or whatever. So maybe this was their way of, like, you know, let this be a warning to you, Formosians. Yeah. And you know what, man? We're, we're not perfect. No one is. But I can say that we have never put a, a corpse on trial. You know what I mean? So go us. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, Ben, the fact that we're not perfect is what makes this show work. <laughs> Let's hope so. Uh, and we hope you enjoyed uh, hearing this story. We've talked about it off air, folks. We could probably do an entire podcast on popes, a pope cast. But that's that's a different show, right? Uh, also, we're trademarking pope cast. If that's not already a thing... We, we just called it. We called dibs. Does that count? Sure. If we call dibs on air? Dibs is a thing. That's okay. a thing. That's There's rules surrounding it. Yeah. It's part of the Geneva Convention. Yeah, there we go. So dibs on Pope cast, uh, but write to us and let us know what strange stories you learned about uh, when you've read up on papal history, because 
We assure you there are multitudes of strange stories about popes. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We highly recommend our community page, Ridiculous Historians, where you can meet and speak with some of your fellow listeners. There is a Pope cast, by the way. Damn it. Very disappointing uh, installment of Casey on the case. <laughs> it was too, you know what, Popecast was too good to not be a thing. Of course it was. Like a podcast Icarus, we flew too close to the sun. And if you want to fly too close to the podcast sun, too, and you don't want to do any of that social media stuff, you can write us an email at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. But most importantly, please join us for our next episode where we talk about uh, spooky Filipino vampire alien monster creatures that haunt uh, the hills. I am so excited. I'm so excited. Thank you to super producer Casey Pegram. Thanks to our research associate for this episode, Eve's Jeffcoat. Thanks to Alex Williams, who composed this track. And hey, no, thanks to you. Here's looking at you, Ben. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills, into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.